Gary Vaughan, welcome to Radio Evolve. It's great to see you. Thank you, Thomas. It's great to be here with you. Gary, you are working for an organization. It's called Converge. Mm -hmm. And you do, uh, with many other organizations, a work that you call impact networks. And networks, uh, that's a, a word that's uh, very, very uh, buzzing, I would say. Uh, since quite some years, uh, we live in a network time, in a network reality, and things change because somehow our world to the good and to the bad becomes much more networked in the sense that we are not in strict organizations and with an inner and an outer, but we are in several networks at the whole time. But uh, the work that you are doing with organizations are, has this little word impact uh, with it. And I would like to ask you directly to that, uh, what is the quality of an impact network? What, what you mean when you name something like this? Mm, okay. So, so yes, Converge actually is, is also a network in, in this way. And the, the networks that we work with that we call impact networks, you know, the first, the first I think, keyword is the network. So what do we mean by, by the network? And we mean people coming together to do things with each other that they can't do alone. So if they're going to engage a complex challenge of our times, they need, you know, it, it's the nature of complexity is that you can't take individual action and expect results at the level of a system. So the network is made up of individuals, organizations, institutions, many different players who come together around a shared purpose. And the impact part of the network is that they're intentionally organizing to achieve that purpose. So it's not, it's, it's, if you can imagine a Venn diagram, on one side is organization, on the other side is community. And an impact network is almost like in the, the intersection there that says, okay, we, we are going to relate to each other and build relationships of trust and care. And we are going to also organize ourselves to achieve something together. And at that, that intersection of relating, this is how we're going to proceed with some what's, ambition. That's, that's great. So what's the difference of a network in that sense from on one side an organization and mm -hmm. on the other side from a community? Well, in a community, I mean, communities I'm in, I go there and... I just enjoy the communion part of the community, the being together with, with people that I enjoy. We share things. I am part of several communities that are friends who gather over food and gather because we, we love to dance. And those communities, we don't try to shape the world together. We just try to be. And in organizations that I've worked in, you know, we are there to get work done. And that impact network kind of combines the best of both. 
you know, this is an opportunity to collaborate and move towards something that we'd like to see in the world to co-create. And it's done with the kind of foundation of affinity for one another mm -hmm. that isn't necessarily a part of what you find in an organization. You know, people don't necessarily like each other. They're just colleagues and they, you know, show, show up to, to team meetings. And to some degree, that's changing more and more in the, you know, the traditional leadership space. People are talking about belonging in organizations and they're talking about psychological safety. And, and you know, there are ways I think that organizations are moving more toward community because people are starting to see how important trust is for collaboration and for, for truly working together and to access the kind of co-creative flow state that brings innovations forward and has people bring their whole heart with them to what mm. they do. So do you think that we are moving more and more into a network reality? I do. I do. I feel that the, the relationships that we center in the way that we look at networked ways of working is, you know, through a web of relationships, not through a structure of power. And if we're orienting with agency and intention and internal motivation as the, the source of how we, uh, how we come together and how we choose what to do together, that's a different way of orienting. And I think that the, the old structures about that, that have been present in organizations and to be really simple to say something like, I give you a paycheck, so you will do as I bid. Mm. That that ex way of exchange is no longer working. And I think that some of that's at play, we can see in what people are calling the great resignation, mm. that people don't want to work in the organizations that, that minimize their humanity. And then look at what you're describing and just try to understand, so how does this network reality look like? Mm -hmm. uh, on one hand, I see the difference that organizations are defined by structures. The structures I enter into, and basically I take a particular place in the structure and the structure defines also my relationship in that. That what you're describing as kind of a network reality is much loose on the much more loose on the structure side. There is a relationship, a relationship with a field, and as I understand you, what unites this relationship is a shared purpose that can be of all kinds. It can be of professional, that can be uh, humanistic, uh, that can be uh, uh, ecological, uh, but there's some purpose that that brings a field together to a network. And it seems the guiding principle of this network is this purpose. Yes. And, and our dialogical process, how we uh, come together and do something with this purpose. That's the difference as you were describing it from communities because communities is basically, I, I join you because I like you or I like us. Uh, and, and there's something where I, we just want to be together, but here we, we have a purpose together. That's what, how you defined it. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, there's, there's this looseness in, in versus 
organizations that have more the structure first, someone is making a structure and basically then hiring people or something like that. Mm-hmm. And here there are people who have a shared purpose. They are aware of each other and somehow are, decide to collaborate. Um, how how do you see this network reality is forming itself? Is this um, something because uh, we have more uh, ability to, to connect because we have the internet and basically you, you have, have thousands of contacts a day and when you are living somewhere in a, in a city before, uh, with the, with the, just with a phone or even before the phone, the capacity to network was kind of limited. And to the good and to the bad, uh, we can be overwhelmed with connections, network connections right now. But on the positive side is that we can choose. And uh, if we choose according to our purpose, we can find a field where we converge around a shared purpose. Is this what creates this new reality? Yeah, I, yes, and so, okay. so I, I love that you said somehow they collaborate. And, and, and I think that that's a critical, critical distinction. So, so yes, the purpose is kind of acting as a center of gravity it, and it is drawing people toward it who care about that purpose. But then we find that there is, there is a process to, to that how and a way that the networks are able to cultivate impact by cultivating the relationships in the network. So unlike an organization where the structure is defined, you know, someone is intentionally architecting the structure. In a network, you're cultivating a context where that structure can emerge from the intersection of people's self-interest or the things the things that matter to them, the things that they care about. And so, so what does that, that process look like of cultivating that capacity to collaborate? Mm-hmm. And we, we start first with clarifying the purpose because you need that to, to kind of set the stage for why would people see themselves as a part of something. And then the second thing we do is, is say, well, you're going to convene the people. So you need to bring the people together who see themselves as part of that purpose and care about that purpose and want to do something that they, they're motivated. And then the third thing that is, is tricky but very important is cultivating trust because the process of cultivating trust is what connects people and builds those, those relationships so that information and experience and resources start flowing through the connections. So the structure of the, of the network is based on the depth and the number of connections that people have. And if you visualize that, you might think of like a picture of brain cells and a, a, a very healthy network is one where if you took a social network map, where you survey people and say, who are you connected to? And, and how deep is that connection? How, how often are you communicating? And how much are you sharing? Then you can create a map. And in a densely connected network, it starts to look very similar to what you would see if you looked at a map of brain cells. So you start to see the capacity for 
um, a kind of intelligence, collective intelligence in the network, you can actually map it. So the point of cultivating trust is to move those connections into a space where the collective intelligence is, is possible. And curate after, the, after cultivating trust, you're starting to coordinate existing action. Mm. So in the network, once people know each other, they're naturally going to talk because they care about the purpose. Well, what are you doing in service of that purpose right now? And oh, what are you doing? And so then it becomes that people start leveraging each other's capacity to support one another. And then eventually they are going to be collaborating at a scale that is going to have the capacity to touch a complex system in many different domains and kind mm-hmm. of shift the arc of, of the larger system. And so that that process at Converge, we call it the five C's of network cultivation, mm-hmm. is is a, a repeating process. And then, you know, when we talk about, well, how do networks create change? We say that the that if you're going to be connecting and you're going to be coordinating and you're going to be fostering collaboration and people are doing this in an ongoing way because it's, you know, the, the opportunities to connect are, I don't know, infinite maybe, because mm-hmm. people are coming naturally in and out of the network based on uh, their time, their availability, their life circumstances. So there are always new people to be connecting with. There's always new information to be coordinating because people are constantly doing new things. And then out of that grow opportunities for collaboration that can continue to be nurtured. So if this process is fostered intentionally in an ongoing way, then we say, okay, then this is the system change that can emerge that is in line with what that purpose is. It's interesting. Listening to you, uh, what I become aware of uh, is mainly a living field of mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is also where I see uh, the difference to uh, the organization, uh, where basically there's, there's a structure. Of course, there's also a living field in there, but the structure is holding this mo- mostly. But here, uh, this living field of, of mutual understanding, mm-hmm. uh, as I hear you first, there's something like uh, as you called it, a common purpose that, that needs kind of a, a mutual understanding what this is. And I guess this is also never fixed. Maybe we, we put it down at some point, but it's a, that in itself is an, a living process of, of the purpose. It, it's not static, it's growing, but we have to kind of hold the life as something that we hold together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there is also a, a mutual understanding of uh, what this purpose means in an area where we want to create an impact. So what's the relationship between one and the other? But also this is held in this communication field and it's an ongoing, uh, and that's the third part I'm aware of, an organizational question. So how do we basically organize our um, field of understanding so that we can hold this purpose, uh, that we can understand each other, how we can create impact and how we deal with each other so that we, uh, we, we are 
able to organize us in an effective way. But this all, there's, there's something living here that is a wholeness that is like these nerve cells that you're describing, kind of in, in an ongoing living process, also permanently reinventing itself as one whole thing that maybe is the network. Yes. Very, very well said. Yes, we we speak a lot to orienting around living systems and the principles of living systems. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of in in a lot of our Western ways of thinking, we tend to to objectify things. We we our language reflects you know, a lot of nouns and there are sometimes presumptions about you put something in place and then it's, it's static, you know, it it retains its identity and its situation and, and networks are very dynamic and they contain many opportunities for creative friction that we call dynamic tensions. And this ongoing kind of living process is often held um, by a network coordinator or a network steward, sometimes called a network weaver, who is, um, and sometimes this is one person, sometimes it's a team of people who are dedicated to holding the wholeness of, of that group of people who are organizing themselves around that purpose. And mm-hmm. their, their role is to help tend almost like a, a gardener goes out into a garden and and looks at at all the plants and where you know who is receiving water and and are the right plants next to one another to maximize the the potential yield because they can be mutually supportive there there is there are people with this role in the networks who are stewarding these this living system and its processes to ensure that the understanding continues that the engagement continues that people can find appropriate collaborators and so they are these network coordinators are often making introductions and they are the ones that are stimulating the kinds of conversations when people are convened that Mm -hmm. help create this living field of mutual understanding interesting you used the word stewardship but uh, what, you, what you're describing, uh, of course, is also a form of leadership. And uh, th- that is really uh, opening the question, because if we, whoever this we is, wants to grow a network because mm-hmm. we have a purpose for something, or we come together uh, finding a shared purpose on something and we want to have an impact on something, uh, how do allow this to find itself needs uh, now we can choose the word stewardship or leadership but if 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 we say or because the question is how can you lead something or how can you be steward of something that seems to be in the end a self-organizing process so what does it mean to lead here to uh, to steward this what does this mean Oh, that's such a good question. And I think that there, there are many answers. And I think that one of the most fascinating things and, and one of the aspects of, of being a part of Converge that I love is that we keep holding this question and we continue the learning process. What does it look like? How, how can it be done? What, what works in one context and what, what works better in another context? 
but what's happening is that this network, this particular, there are many forms of network leadership as well. I think that there, there are people who catalyze the network and issue invitations to, to come together. There are people who, individuals in the network who bring forward a, a more maybe traditional kind of leadership who say, I would like to do this, who would like to join me? And, and they move an initiative forward. But the kind of leadership that's provided by the network coordinator is a kind of curation of a space for emergence. And, and there are some, yesterday even, we were having conversations about what exactly might the capacities be for this kind of role? Can we, can we begin to identify uh, the kind of skillfulness in a technical way, but also inner capacities and sensitivities that are important for someone who is looking across a group of say 80 people and sensitive to where is the energy moving in this group? Where are pockets of possibility and potential constellating? And what, what ways of inviting that more traditional leadership, you know, I have a spark and I want to follow it because I'm, I have a passion for this aspect of the purpose. How, how does the, the network coordinator exert a kind of leadership that is about creating conditions for emergence or creating conditions for this collective to continue to relate and co-create in a productive way. I see there also kind of um, maybe, hopefully, a creative tension. Because the way you're describing a network reality, it, live, it lives out of the whole and for the whole. Uh, that, that in itself has something leaderless. It's <laughs> It, it, it's basically wholeness for wholeness. And uh, to, even if you call it a steward, uh, to, to have kind of a position of authority, whatever that means now, in this, uh, seems to be kind of uh, in a dialectic uh, tension with this wholeness for wholeness uh, reality. So how do you see in your experience with the work, how does this play out? Uh, is is something like a steward an essential part that is basically crucial for a network to flourish? Uh, or is it better not? Or is it better in a certain way? What's your experience? I'm laughing a little bit because I, I have come many times up against people who say, well, networks are going to self-organize. And, and then we often see that, you know, self organization doesn't just happen because the 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 sense of self you know when uh an entity becomes more than or other than the sum of its parts mm -hmm. that 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 often takes some curation and without that that curation or without that network coordinator uh doing certain things it doesn't tend to truly self-organize on its own. 
in a way that would have the kind of intentional impact that the purpose would aspire to. So we do find that it is a crucial role for somebody to be doing the coordinating. And we often make parallels to natural systems. So if you think in a garden, you know, what, what's happening in the garden? Well, there are things outside of the farmer that are happening to make sure the wind and the, the, the birds and the insects are all pollinators. And so that's helping to play a critical role in, in the life cycle of the garden because it's wind and water and resources are flowing because of the conditions in the system. In, in a network or in an impact network, there's a person that's responsible for those kinds of conditions that are happening between the people. So they are the pollinator. They are, you know, the, the, the water that is, you know, they're making sure that people have the resources that they need to fulfill the projects that they generate together, or at least helping them to do that. Not all networks have a lot of, of funds in their bank accounts. So um, it's not as though the, the network is always granting funds from, from its own coffers in, toward network projects, but the network coordinator will help to ensure that those resources are there by bringing people with resources to, to bear. But we often say, you know, the, pur the purpose is the boss <laughs> of the network in that, that sense of the overarching conditions of why we are here. And then kind of leading from, from, from the bottom or leading from behind is that network coordinator who is making sure that the conditions for that collective to flourish are, are, are happening. But isn't it the case that um, the best way how to do that is to uh, try to make yourself redundant? I, I mean, uh, you, you said self-organization doesn't happen on its own. It needs curation. That's also an interesting word I think uh, I would like to pursue with you, what, what you mean with curation in that. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, isn't the purpose when you when you try to to grow something like a network that your aim is self organization, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, self organization uh, doesn't as you described it happen on its own, but it has to be empowered, encouraged. Uh, for for that, uh, one has to develop a vision, a vision of the whole. And also a vision for the plurality and the, in, and the relationship between the different parts of the plurality and also the relationship between the whole and the plurality. So the, there's a lot of things that uh, is not easy to hold and also that non-single non, non person can hold. So that's also the, limit, the limitation of leadership in that because if, mm -hmm. if somebody wants to hold everything together, basically uh, you become the bottleneck of everything in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you can uh, support processes where you distribute intuition, intelligence, and awareness. And uh, that's maybe what you meant to, to, to lead from the back in this or to, mm -hmm. to create it from the back. Yes, yes. And so the, I mean, as you described the, the bottleneck, we would call a hub and spoke network. And uh -huh. And spoke network is one where the network coordinator is at the center and you know like a bicycle wheel all the connections to to the people in the network are are kind of moving through that network coordinator and 
that is a typical stage of a network. And, and it's usually a very early stage where people are coming together and the network coordinator is first and foremost weaving relationships with the people who have said, I want to show up, I care about this purpose, I want to be um, part of something. Mm-hmm. And shortly after though, in the sense of making themselves redundant, that, that network coordinator is attempting to connect the other people in the network to one another so that they can start pursuing that. And then they are stepping back in a way to looking at, at the whole and providing that, that context or nurturing that context. And we, we, when we evaluate networks and we look at the health of them, we look at four different things that healthy networks need. And this is one of the things that, that this network coordinator is attending to. So one of them is collaborative infrastructure. And people are like, oh, infrastructure, I know it sounds like pipes and roads, but what is it? What is collaborative infrastructure? And it's it's things like the convenings. You have to bring people together and they have to have ways to connect and communicate with one another. So it can also be communication platforms. It also is kind of the tools that the network uses as the basis of collaboration. So it includes things like the clear purpose or a decision-making method that the network has adopted and principles that the network has about how are we gonna be together? That that helps create coherence in this group mm-hmm. pursuing this purpose. So the, the network coordinator is, is looking at and tending to that collaborative infrastructure and inviting others to participate in it. So there may be a core team of leaders that are around the network coordinator and they are, they are looking after these things. Another one is the participant experience. So somebody needs to be activating a feedback loop with the members of the network about how is this for you? Do you, do you feel like you understand the purpose? Are you receiving something that feels like mutual reciprocity in in how you're showing up here because you're you're here because you have a self-interest. How is this network meeting your self-interest? Do you feel like you're able to contribute to the network in the way that you would like? So that participant experience conversation is something important that the network coordinator is tending to. They're also looking at and mapping often the connectivity and looking at the depths of, of relationships and what's flowing through them so they can use that information to see, you know, I would like to weave this person who looks like based on my map all out here on their own. How can I go have a conversation with that person and weave them in, in a way that will amplify their contribution. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth thing is looking at emergent activity. So, so what is emerging and how can you reflect back to the network, the story of its own progress? Because if you are creating opportunities for people to pursue their self-interest. They naturally are just one person among many and Mm -hmm. they know the parts of the network that they are touching, but similar to that blind men and the elephant story, one Mm -hmm. of the things that the network uh, coordinator does is help the network see itself as a whole. So Mm -hmm. there's there's an important role for them to play in sharing the story of the network back to itself so that it can, in that field of shared understanding, have a sense of its identity, even if that identity is fluid. I mean, there's this uh, well-known Indian uh, wisdom tale of uh, 
the people are, are who are kind of brought in the dark room to identify an elephant yes. and uh, one is the trunk one is the bag and one is the tail and, and everyone has a different this, this description and basically uh, there's this kind of uh, disagreement what an elephant is about and uh, what, what you what you're describing is a, a process uh, where we share our different perspectives so that in our collective perception the elephant as a whole shows up in our in our awareness yes and, and that are curating that is to, to see basically how because everyone starts with uh, basically the part of the elephant that is closest to me and that, that has a relationship to me but to 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 foster processes that allow us that we see each other in seeing the different parts that we see so that, that, that the parts can come together and all of a sudden a wholeness shows up. And uh, all of a sudden something that nobody is able to see on their own, the elephant becomes visible, visible to all of us. Yes. And so is that- that emergence? I, I think so. I, I think that when that, that, that light bulb moment happens where where the awareness is that we are a part of something that is bigger than than ourselves alone and then we have a sense of us you know participating in that that larger that larger entity of the elephant you know we are part Mm -hmm. of the elephant that 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 is a kind of emergence and i think that that's that's kind of the key to say that doesn't naturally happen. We don't see it very often that it happens. I mean, I'm sure that it could have a group spent all of its time together, uh, you know, maybe living and breathing and doing collective practices day Mm. and night. A a small group of people may be able to have that experience on their own. But in these busy times where people are coming in and out of the network, they have primary jobs, they have families, but this may be the the third most important thing in their life or the 10th most important thing in their life, they don't have the capacity to come to the awareness of that wholeness on their own. So then the network coordinator helps them to see the whole elephant. Mm -hmm. And then also I think helps the group as a whole sense, where does that whole elephant want to go? Yeah. It's, it's alive too. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to go there because uh, the way I would have put it is, uh, it doesn't end with the elephant. Uh, the mm-hmm. elephant is is embedded in a bigger way, in 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 a, in a bigger environment that uh, the elephant uh, is in, uh, embedded in, and uh, and if there's a purpose, uh, there's a purpose also for the elephant in this environment, and, and there's there's uh, there's wholeness in wholeness in wholeness. So in some way, uh, what we're describing doesn't really end anywhere and uh, there is a network of networks and of course uh, it gets more and more complex and and, and harder to hold but uh, there can be ways where we're not only aware of this tiny network that we are but also our embeddedness in bigger networks so that, that there's a kind of a holographic reality to that that we collectively can at least uh, cultivate to see clearer, I, I, I say this in this careful way because uh, uh, we also have to bring some humility in that. That basically uh, it will be always kind of tentative, 
where we are going in this. Yes. And I think that the, the, the cultivating greater clarity with also the humility to, to accept and, and, you know, surrender a bit to the, the truth that we will not ever know at all, because it's, it's too mm-hmm. complex. There are always things that are moving and, and things are shifting each other at different orders of magnitude. And some you can see right away and some, some that you can't, and it's not linear and directly causal. So, so then, then what, and then it, you know, the network itself, what, what becomes, I think, and this is, this is an area that I'm really interested in some other colleagues of Converge as well. How do we foster the kind of sense-making when we are convening together that help us understand the relationship of the elephant, its own initiative, and how it's engaging with and influenced by the, the larger systems and context that the elephant is a part of? So, so what, what, what does that look like? And so in networks, fostering conversations about the environment, what's happening around us in, uh, in the economy? How, is, how are things in the economy affecting our purpose right now? How, are, how is education or the, the, the environmental situation, if we, are, if we are situated in you know, one locality or our network purpose is bound by a locality, then, then the environmental conditions certainly will influence how we choose to to be together in relationship to this purpose and what we think of as intentional action. Hmm. So fostering those conversations and holding a space that is conducive to collective sense-making is another one of those those skill sets of the the network coordinator to help to support and help to invite information from particular people forward through their participation mm-hmm. and engagement. Mm-hmm. And these are also just very simple skills to be developed because there, there's, there's an experience how insights uh, can be fostered into something that is uh, that we can hold, that, that become mm-hmm. a foundation that we can stand on. It's not a, a fleeting, oh, there was something and it was, it was inspiring, but now it's gone. But there are processes where we uh, empower our collective insights of collective reality and where we find ways how to stabilize that also in a way that it becomes a shared culture, uh, a shared procedure, uh, uh, even shared protocols that are not static, not fixed, but they have enough structure uh, that they also hold something in time. And then uh, this, this net, these networks are not just inspirational, wow, we are seeing it, but they become workable. So that uh, because in some way, and that's a little abstract, but I see it as a, it's a way of wholeness, seeing wholeness, uh, th- that uh, this becomes uh, an instrument to impact reality out of what wholeness can see. Yes. Yes. And, and one thing that you just mentioned reminds me, we have a network leadership series where we are in, engaging in this, this kind of cultivation of these skills for network coordinators. And um, it's, it's a, 
an environment that I love to be a part of because there's so much learning and it's a very, you know, peer oriented space. And, and one of the conversations uh, on Tuesday, one of the network coordinators said, you know, this is about our traditions of engagement. And I, I like that phrase so much mm -hmm. because it, it has a sense of, of rhythm in it and and routine and a way that you can welcome people into a conversation for for this kind of sense making but it's not it's not rigid or constricted as much as rules and and protocol it has a kind of of breathing room that i think is characteristic of what makes this all possible i would like to connect this back to the beginning of our conversation mm -hmm. uh, when you were talking about the nerve cells in the brain in, the, in this network reality. Because the, the way I, I, I hear what you're talking about are, let's say the other way around, network sounds so harmless. Everybody talks about network and it, of course we are in network reality and it's, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, but uh, the, the way I hear you, I, you're really talking about the complete rewiring of our understanding how we perceive reality. In a, in a way that it's not uh, me, Thomas, Canada, now I see this, but basically it, it, it's, it's uh, the, the empowering of a collective perception uh, where I participate, but basically we together are able to see. It's not me seeing the elephant, uh, to come back to the elephant. It's uh, it, this collective of cells to, together is aware of a, of, of a wholeness of an image that I, my aim, I'm not on my own, I'm not aware to perceive in that. But that is very uh, in contrast to our individualistic stand in reality where everything ends in myself. It's a kind of networked um, perception of uh, reality. Uh, that really goes very in contrast to our understanding of who we are as humans. So uh, it's, 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 it goes pretty deep in our uh, ways, how we are in the world and how we show up in the world for this network to really uh, come alive in this deep sense of what their potential is, that all these nerve cells start to become not just single nerve cells or more intelligent, but they become a brain. Yes, yes, exactly. We often use the image of a murmuration of starlings uh -huh. and, and speak to, you know, this, this, this process of, you know, that the, the impact and the potential that we can have together as, as a murmuration of starlings when, when we become other than or greater than the sum of our parts, that, that this is, this is this is the advantage, right? Because we do care about our, um, you know, our collective intentions. And and I haven't been a part of a network, and they may exist uh, that has, you know, intentions to do do harm. Every network that I've ever been a part of, supporting or participating in, has mm -hmm. had had an aim that is, you know, about along the lines, I would say, of collective flourishing. But there is this really key shift 
Um, and we speak about this in, inside of Converge, you know, when we say, you know, what, ultimately, what are, we, what are we doing here? You know, what, what is it that we do? And, and we say we shift to interconnection as the ground of action. And so this is that, that shift that you're speaking to. It's not individuals, you know, lined up and taking action as a collection of individuals, but mm-hmm. it's, it's taking action or conceiving of what is most uh, harmonious and, and, and intentional mm-hmm. and useful from that ground of interconnection. Mm-hmm. So it is inviting a different, a different way of being. Mm-hmm. And it is quite a shift, but what we often say also is that, you know, the network will be how we are. We say they will be as we are. So as facilitators and coordinators, we come with that sense of interconnection, but we're not necessarily saying to people, you know, pointing fingers and saying, you must be interconnected now. We we just invite them (laughs) to step in into that through the way that we are building the trust, we make it possible. And, and we, the, the part of that also, I think network coordination role is to hold those conditions where it becomes an advantage, a choice, a desire, part, part of the self-organizing, I guess, impulse mm-hmm. to move toward one another, to, to toward that potential that, that is, you know, seen, felt, and then experienced together. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very profound. I mean, as we are coming to the end of our time here, uh, mm-hmm. I felt that we, we only peeked into something that's a different reality. But at the same time, I feel we did peek into something that becomes visible in its profoundness of really a network is not this harmless thing where yeah, it's a network, but it's really something that's reshaping us in our understanding who we are and how we can live and how we can work together and how we create impact together. So just uh, thank you for this insight. Uh, and it's definitely not the last conversation we should have about this. So thank you very much, Gary. Thank you for the conversation.